All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Double N Ben Variety Show. Happy Monday. How you fucking doing? Good to see you. Happy Monday, baby. I love this day, don't you? I know this podcast is a little late. Um, we've been editing all day. Uh, there's a big video coming out. Well, not really big, but like, it's yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to backtrack on that. It is a big video. It is a big video. Uh, it's about the Republicans and, you know, the influence on Australian politics. And that is taking way longer to edit than I expected. I don't, you know, it's just, it's crazy when you, you know, look into this shit. You're like, yeah, wow, there were, our politicians are really starting to, you know, take inspiration from, uh, you know, a fucking nut job party. And don't get me wrong, the Democrats are embarrassing as fuck, you know. Let's not make a mistake about that. But, still, you can imagine that that video has taken a little bit to do. So we had to leave this podcast to, you know, a little bit later. You know, one man show, baby. All the joys about it. It's great. It's fantastic. No, it is great. It is fantastic. I love doing it. But anyway, the podcast is here on a Monday. I know it's a little bit late, but Monday is the day this podcast comes out. Now, let's jump into it. I want to know what you want for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? Honestly, I really want to know what you want for Christmas. I want to know what you wrote to Santa. What did Santa tell you? You know, what What do you want to tell Santa? What did Santa tell you when you sat on his lap, when you whispered into his ear on what you wanted for Christmas? I know what I whispered in, into his ear. You know, I lined up at Westfield. You know, I was around all these little kids. Definitely didn't look fucking weird at all for a 25-year-old man to be standing amongst a bunch of kids trying to sit on Santa's lap. Anyway, I went to go sit on his lap. And I, 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 I sat on his lap and he asked me, he said, and what would you like for Christmas, little boy? And I said, um, first off, Santa, I'm not a little boy. I'm a man. I'm a fucking man. Uh, he's 25 years old, sitting on your lap. And um, sat on his lap and I whispered in his ear and I said, I want Jelaine Maxwell to do a masterclass on how to escape death because that shit is fascinating. That is crazy to me that Jelaine Maxwell has somehow escaped death. She has such a high target on her head. How has she not been Epstein yet? I don't get it. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, the prosecutors and uh, the ones who are, you know, watching her in jail have learned from their past mistakes on, you know, maybe next... What the fuck was that? Sorry, I thought someone was opening my door in my apartment. Jesus. Oh, shit, maybe the Clintons are really coming to get me this time, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, what was I saying before I just had a mini heart attack? Um, something about uh, being a creep sitting on Santa's lap. Right, Jelaine Maxwell, let's get to it. So, I want to know how the hell she has escaped death, because that is some impressive, impressive shit, okay? I don't want to see a masterclass from Hillary Clinton on how to lose an election to a fucking reality game show host, okay? I don't want to see that shit. Do you? I don't. I want to see a masterclass from Jelaine Maxwell. Can you imagine how like crazy that would be if she did one? Right? I'd buy that shit day one. If Santa didn't give it to me, I am buying that day one. Can you imagine? She'd, mm, she'd come out, right? She'd be filming it from a jail cell. She'd come out. She'd be, hello, I'm Lady Gislaine. This is my masterclass, yeah? I'm going to teach you on, you know, how to escape death from elite billionaires who, you know, who you um, brought to an island where they could fuck little kids, yeah? Now those people want to kill me, so now I'm going to teach you on how to not die from those people, you know? You know, I'm going to teach you that, like, you know, if you actually do get murdered, here's how you make it look like it was actually murder. And, you know, people don't say it was, um, you know, you being suicided like Jeffrey was. You know what I mean, yeah? And then she talks about, you know, uh, her time with Epstein. She's all like, hello, yeah, look, me and Jeffrey were like workers, yeah. We like to hang out together and, you know, we used to fly on the private jet. He used to put his foot on my tits and, like, it felt really good, yeah. But we weren't, like, lovers. And I used to kiss him on the cheek all the time. We used to go for, like, bike rides up through the, uh, you know, uh, British woodlands. And look, I know it looks like him and I were fucking, but like, mate, we weren't lovers. We just, you know, we were physically into each other. I just let him pound me a fair few times. That's that's about it. It, it never turned to anything serious. You know what I mean, bruv? 
Now I'm in court and now people want to kill me. So this is more masterclass for me to teach you on how to, you know, not get murdered by Hillary and Bill. I don't understand why Bill's acting this way, you know, bruv. I let him fly on that plane 26 times and now he wants to murder me. I mean, what the fuck, bruv? I mean, that's not good, in it? She has this, like, um, yeah, she has that British Cockney accent, yeah, bruv? Right. So I want to know what's going on in this trial, so let's read it out. But before we start, before we get into it, we have to look at these photos. Now, if you're listening, I'm going to read them. I'm going to, you know, describe them to you in fine detail. Okay. Right. First photo. We have Jeffrey and Ghislaine. Uh, They're on a plane. Looks very familiar to the one that Bill Clinton probably flew in, you know? And Jeffrey's sitting opposite Ghislaine. He has her foot on her tits essentially and she's rubbing it in right okay because that's what workers do right okay you know uh, if you're an employer you should probably you know ask your workers to uh do that for you you know i'm sure you won't get cancelled at all um well jelaine and jeffrey are beyond cancelled like they're they're fucked but you know and you know if you're gonna learn anything from these two don't don't do that you know what i mean because then you're gonna get cancelled and you're gonna get thrown in jail and people gonna want to try and kill you anyway carrying on so <laughs> that's what. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh god! Oh, what has the world come to? I love this shit. The world's gone crazy, and I love it, and I'm here for it. Okay, so yeah, like I was saying, Jerry is. Uh, Jerry has his foot in her breast. She's rubbing it in. She's enjoying it. So. I don't know what that tells you. I don't buy this thing of like, you know, date, you know, we weren't lovers, me and Jeffrey. I don't buy that shit. I don't buy that shit. Do you buy that shit? I don't know. Right. We're, okay, here's the next one. They are, all right, they're in the snowy mountains. It was beautiful. They're in the snowy mountains. They're surrounded by trees. Um, Jeffrey and Ghislaine are holding each other. You know, they look like lovers, all right? You cannot tell me that they weren't fucking each other and, you know, she wasn't sucking his dick and he wasn't motorboating her tits. That was definitely happening. You know, I know I'm sounding like a, you know, vulgar piece of shit describing this, but yeah, there, there, there I go acting like a dickhead. But, uh, you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, do you expect anything else? Anyway, um, so he's doing that. He's holding her. They're in the snowy mountains. Right. Okay. They definitely look like lovers. Right. Nothing sus about that at all. Here's the next photo. Photo. They're in Italy, right? Looks like they're in Italy, some European street where the sun's out, and she's kissing Jeffrey on the cheek. Yeah, she looks like a real victim here, doesn't she? You know? Looks like she's a, a victim in this Me Too era. You know? Terrible. Terrible. I mean... God, what about the patriarchy? Has anyone asked about that? Hmm? Jelaine Maxwell is a victim according to these dumb as fuck Bloomberg writers. Anyway, carrying on. Jeffrey and Ghislaine are riding on a bike together. She is on the back of his bike in the British woodlands, darling. It was beautiful. Again, I don't buy this thing that they were just workers. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. There's no way. I mean, look at all these, like, you know, look at all these photos. They're nuts. She looks like she was, you know, I'm a British socialite. See what I am, you know? We drink tea in the morning and the night because that's what we do as British socialites, yeah? All right, that was, you know, they, they would definitely play on each other. There's, the, the, there's no, that was definitely happening. Okay. Prosecutors at, all right, let's read about uh, key moments of the trial so far. Prosecutors at Jelaine Maxwell's sex trafficking trial called her Jeffrey Epstein's partner in crime as they wrapped up two weeks of testimony in federal court in New York. Uh, the British socialite, darling, 
59 is accused of grooming teenage girls for abuse by the late Epstein. She's pleaded not guilty to all the charges which cover a period from 1994 to 2004. 10 years! A decade of this shit. Seems like a real victim to me. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein, that sexist piece of shit. Anyway. Okay. Here are the key moments in her trial so far. Maxwell preyed on vulnerable young girls. Uh, in her opening statement, Prosecutor Lara Pomerantz. Can these people just have normal names, please? Jesus. Um, Lara Pomerantz. Sounds like a film critic from The Guardian. Uh, called Ms. Maxwell a predator who recruited and groomed underage girls for her long-term companion Epstein to abuse. She preyed on vulnerable young girls, manipulated them, and served them up to be sexually abused, the prosecutor said. But the defense said Ms. Maxwell was being scapegoated because Epstein was no longer alive. These charges... I mean, this is her lawyer. Her, name, her, uh, her lawyer... Her lawyer... Oh, my God. How much of a lawyer name is this? Bobby Steinheim. How you doing? My name's Bobby Steinheim. I'm representing our Ghislaine Maxwell. She's innocent, man. You don't fucking understand. This guy, Jeffrey, that motherfucker, that sexist piece of shit. Ghislaine's innocent, man. I'm telling you, that Jerry Epstein, man, he ain't good. He's a bad dude. He uh, manipulated Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm a representer. Anyway, this is what Bobby said. The charges against Ghislaine Maxwell are for things that Jeffrey Epstein did. But she is not Jeffrey Epstein. He sounds like some real, like, snobby, uh, dirty rat lawyer from New York who represents the worst people in the world. Like, those mob bosses from New York, you know, corrupt politicians be like, you, you, you know, you killed a couple of people. You flew Bill Clinton to that island? I'm a fucking represent you because that's what I do. I'm a hustler. You're innocent until proven guilty. Not guilty until proven innocent. Not like, you know, hey, Ghislaine, I ain't going to let this cancel culture shit creep up on you. I ain't going to let that take you out. Bobby Sternheim. I don't even need to see a picture of this guy. I already know what he looks like and sounds like. Epstein's pilot flew a prince and presidents. Wow. Sounds like a couple of ballers like to fly, eh? You know, what's Ghislaine going to say? I like to, you know, show uh, uh, Prince Andrew and, uh, you know, Prince Andrew's from my own town in Britain, yeah? I like to show uh, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. I just wanted to show them the islands in the Bahamas, mate. When you fly over them, they look real pretty, mate. Right, the trial's first witness, Epstein's longtime personal pilot, Larry Vizoski, told the court he flew VIPs to luxury locations worldwide. Mr. Vizoski, Mr. I'm going to keep fucking up that name, recalled flying Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump. None of them are accused of criminal wrongdoing. None of them are accused of criminal wrongdoing. Right. Okay. Hmm. Right. Well, um, let me just be the first to say that's a load of horseshit. Okay? Bill Clinton flew on that plane 26 times. 26 times. What? He, he just he just thought, uh, you know, what was he thinking when he was on that plane? He's like, you know, I just like, you know, I like going on that plane because I really just like seeing, uh, you know, what Jerry's uh, uh, island was like. I mean, you know, I didn't look through a few uh, doorways. I knew there'd be there. I didn't know what was in the in the in those doors. I didn't know what was in those rooms. I didn't know anything. I just... Wanted to, you know, g g go to the beach on his island. I didn't do anything. Sounds like a lot of horseshit. Asked to describe Ms. Maxwell standing in Epstein's operations, Mr. Vizoski described her as the number two. Epstein was the big number one. Meanwhile, another pilot, David Rogers, testified that at least two Epstein accusers had flown with him. 
Defense accuse key accuser of acting sane. Uh, the first of four Maxwell accusers to give evidence at the trial tr- cried as she described being sexually abused by Epstein when she was 14. Holy shit. The woman used this pseudonym, Jane, I hope I'm saying that word right, said Ms. Maxwell showed her how Epstein liked to be massaged and sometimes took part in their sexual encounters. This bitch is fucking crazy. And you got Bloomberg writing this dumb fucking headline saying, you know, Jelaine Maxwell, okay, this is a headline from Bloomberg, okay? Um, they said, Jelaine Maxwell's sex trafficking trial is said to be one of the biggest of the Me Too era, but the jury may have to grapple with the unique question, is Jelaine Maxwell herself a victim? Well, you know, I don't know how you define victim. Well, I know, but I don't know how this writer would have defined victim because I don't really see victimhood in teaching underage girls on how to massage some gray-haired pudgy looking motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? I don't see, I, where's the victimhood in that? I just want to fucking teach her on like, you know, how to, um, you know, where he liked to be rubbed on his foot, you see, because I've got his foot, I put him to my tits, and he liked that. I was just trying to fucking help her out, love. Oh, God. Fucking psychos. Anyway, uh, Ghislaine was very casual, acting like it wasn't a big deal. But Ms. Maxwell's defense sought to find inconsistencies in Jane's testimony. Defense Laura Menninger pointed out that Jane now worked as an actress. You are an actor who can see, who convincingly betrays someone else for a living. You are able to cry on command. What the fuck? What? Who are these pieces of shit that are defending this fucking monster? Holy mother of God. What happened to... What's his face? Um, What happened to Bobby Sternheim? What happened to him? You got Bobby and you got Laura Menninger. You know Laura. Anyone who's a, who's a lawyer named Laura is just an absolute cunt, alright? They suck. They probably have a terrible relationship with their kids. Probably being like, well, I told you to not leave the cereal box in the in the fridge, didn't I? Now I'm going to fucking kick your ass, you little shit. What did I say about doing your homework? You don't do your homework. You give me wine and Percocet. I have to defend this lane tomorrow. I need you to give me that so I can calm down. Jesus Christ. Right. Employee told not to look Epstein in the eye. Right. Epstein's former housekeeper, Juan Alessi, recalled how Ms. Maxwell had tightly controlled every detail in the financier's Florida mansion. Excuse me. Ms. Maxwell was the lady of the house, ordering staff to speak only when spoken to and to avoid eye contact with Epstein, according to Mr. Alessi who said his job was included cleaning their sex toys. Oh my God. These people are freaks. You you listen to me, love. You fucking listen here, yeah? You you gotta clean me dildo, right? And when you clean the dildo, you don't look at me whilst doing it, because I'ma think that is a way of you trying to, you know, uh, show off that you're masturbating in some way. Don't fucking look at me when you clear when you uh, you know wiping that uh, plastic thing here yeah, that looks like a penis, right? And you're not gonna say anything, right? When I tell you to you know rub that thing extra hard, you're gonna say fucking yes, ma'am. All right? I was supposed to be blind, deaf, and dumb, Mr. Alessi told the court. Ms. Maxwell's legal team sought to undermine the credibility of Mr. Alessi during cross-examination by challenging his recollection of meeting 14-year-old Jane in 1994. Wow. Jurors shown Epstein's massage table. 
Well, I mean, you know, he liked to play a bit of tennis. He, you know, injured himself a few times. I knew how to massage his feet. I massaged his feet all the time, every time he's put his foot into me tits, yeah? What you want me to do? I just want to make sure the man's, you know, got, you know, flexibility in his body, mate. The jury was shown a green massage table seized from Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach mansion during a 2005 police raid. Prosecutors have alleged that Epstein used massages as a ruse before escalating his encounters with young girls. Michael Dawson, a detective who took part in the 2005 search, recalled how officers found a variety of sexualized images at Epstein's home. Prosecutors also displayed a photo of a box labeled Twin Torpedoes, which Det Dawson said contained sex toys and was taken from an upstairs cupboard. Wow. Carolyn, another accuser to take the stance, and Ms. Maxwell had set her up from uh, massages with Epstein hundreds of times when she was between the ages of 14 and 18. Why does this guy like fucking massages so much? Like, you know, freak. Something sexual happened every time she told the court. She alleged... Ms. Maxwell told, told her she had a great body for Mr. Epstein and his friends and would pay her each uh, sorry pay her after each visit giving extra when she brought other girls with her. Fucking hell. Maxwell dressed accuser as schoolgirl for Epstein. A British woman using the pseudonym Katie cried on the stand as she described sexual encounters with Epstein when she was 14. Kate said Ms. Maxwell sometimes took part and acted like it wasn't a big deal, often calling her a good girl and asking if she was having fun. On one occasion, Ms. Maxwell allegedly laid out a schoolgirl outfit on her bed and said, I thought it would be fun for you to take Jeffrey's tea in this outfit. Can you take Jeffrey's uh, English breakfast tea in this schoolgirl outfit, yeah? And when you give it to him, can you say, Oops, I did it again because he really likes Britney Spears. Free Britney. Know what I mean? I'm with the Me Too stuff, aren't I? She said she wore the outfit and Epstein had sex with her. Eesh. That's not good. Um, Ms. Maxwell also asked if she knew any cute, young, pretty girls who could perform sex acts on Epstein because it was a lot for her to do. Alright, I'm done reading this shit. This is fucking gross. Um, yeah, holy shit. This woman is a fucking piece of work. Oh my god. This woman is insane. I mean, you know, look. Oh, that's a head fuck reading that, isn't it? Yeah, alright. This, this, this woman is... One freaky, kinky, sadistic, insane bitch, all right? She is nuts, all right? And, you know, the fact that she has escaped death like this, I think, needs to be, you know, analyzed. It needs to be analyzed. That is insane. I don't know how she's done it. I don't know who she's got protecting her, but it's some impressive shit, and she needs to do a masterclass on it, then, you know, she needs to end up in the clink. If you ask me, that's what I think. She's a freak. You know, this idea that she's innocent is a load of horse shit. You know, whenever you're innocent, you don't dress little girls up in schoolgirl outfits and go massage Jeffrey Epstein if you're innocent, you don't do that shit, right? I mean, Jesus. And her lawyers, far out. Who, who knows what those people are like in real life, all right? You know, they're probably like, you know, those people do not have a soul. That's my assumption. I mean, it's just, you know, a little assumption. You know, defending Ghislaine Maxwell, I would assume that a soul would not exist within you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's probably a whole lot of other lawyers that wouldn't have touched her with a 10-foot pole. So the ones who are doing it right now, 
you know, are probably getting a lot of money because after that, they're probably never going to work again for defending that piece of shit. I might be wrong. I can only imagine. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. <sighs> I need some water after that shit. Oh, my God. Mmm. Oh. It tastes good. All right. Now, I want to go through something special today. I like to be inspired. I like to be, you know, I like to have my mind changed. Do you know what I mean? I like looking at people's opinions who may or may not along align, so I should say. With I like to, essentially what I'm saying is is that I like to look at people's opinions who you know, are a bit wild. You know, I like to look at people who have certain points of view that don't align with my point of view. All right, that's I like to, I like to look at different perspectives. So, in light of that, we're going to look at Nicole Flint's opinion pieces. Now, I know I talked about Nicole Flint last week because the the shit with friendly geordies that you know the, the 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 smear campaign that she's running at the moment is embarrassing and I was going to leave I it was last week's news but when I looked into her twitter a little bit more I found some of the funniest most ridiculous shit I've ever seen right so before we get started on that shit let's go through a little bit of you know her previous works, shall we say. Right. So, here this, here's this, you know, Karen-looking bitch, uh, you know, with her... Why why did, why did does she wear, like, the worst jackets in the world? Why? Like, she probably has some of the worst fashion that I've ever seen. I mean, you got her posing with Matt Canavan here. She's in a green jacket with flies on them and she's like smiling like I'm trying to do it but I can't do it properly she's like <laughs> I mean, who fucking smiles like that she's like let's get a photo Matt click alright I'm trying to grip my teeth as hard as I can ugh Anyway, she's there. She's got that Karen haircut being like, I go to Bunnings all the time, and any time they tell me to wear a mask, I just post a video about it on Twitter, and I call them sexist. And I wear this stupid green jacket that I got into, that I, you know, got in a photo with with Matt Canavan. Alright, so. Um, she had this other photo as well. Here we go. This is great. This is great. Flint, the unions are going to kill Christmas. The unions are going to kill Christmas. Your working rights is going to be the thing that is going to make Santa Claus stay in the North Pole, you fucking peasant. I mean, she's on Paul Murray Live. I'm on Paul Murray Live tonight, yeah. Going to talk about how the unions are killing Christmas. Look at the jacket. I don't understand. Look at this jacket. Look at this jacket. It's got flowers on it, and the other one, it's got flies on it. It's like, you know, and she's just got that look of like, the union is going to kill Christmas, and it's your fault because you want working rights, but now because of that, Santa's not going to come to town. What a cunt, right? So I would have loved to have seen that segment because that would have been hilarious. Because there probably would have been, like, look, this, this woman has really stupid talking points. Like, really, like, you know, shallow, elitist talking points. And she's on Paul Murray. She's talking about how the unions are going to kill Christmas. I mean, if anyone's got a link to, to, you know, to this segment, I would love to see that shit and rip apart every talking point that she has, right? You know. The Union's going to kill Christmas. She's posing with Matt Canavan. Um, where was the next one? She's, you know, always on Paul Murray. Now, she had opinion pieces. Here we go. This is amazing. Right. So, um, 
here we go. Uh, to celebrate World Vegan Day, I thought I'd share a few of my favorite opinion pieces from my archives. The first celebrates Bacon Week and begins, you've got to wonder if it's the meat-free diet that makes animal activists so cranky. My second opinion piece in honor of World Vegan Day celebrates Ham Week. There's only one thing better than Christmas ham, and that's reminding vegetarians and vegans, vegans sorry, how good Christmas ham tastes. Also, studies show meat eaters are happier and less stressed. I don't know about that, Nicole, because whenever someone criticizes you, like Friendly Geordies or anyone on Twitter and says, hey, you know how you vote against... Um, you know, giving people proper wages and you vote for cutting, you know, Sunday and public holiday rates. Like, yeah, you know how you do that shit? Why do you do that? And you, you know, crack the shits and you call everyone a sexist. I wouldn't say that you're happy at all. I don't look at that, you know, your response and think, yeah, she's a happy person. She's not stressed. I don't buy it. No one buys it. Okay. So... That's the kind of shit she comes up with. This is what Nicole Flint does, all right? She attacks, you know, very well-rounded, intelligent commentators who call her out in her bullshit and she calls them sexist. Then when she's not doing that, she is always she marks on her calendar on, you know, when's bacon week? When's ham week? I mean, how fucking privileged and bored do you have to be in your life to know when it's fucking ham week? Hey, how, like, shallow and, you know, void of, like, any substance in your life where you have to know, like, when bacon week is? How, like, how, like, you have to have no, like, you have to have the most basic bitch, shallow, boring, insipid lifestyle to know this stuff, right? Now, she wrote in the advertiser, meat eaters are much happier than vegetarians and less prone to suffering heart attacks, sorry, panic attacks. Right, let's read into this. She wrote a full-on opinion piece. Okay. There's only one thing better than Christmas ham, and that's reminding vegetarians and vegans how good Christmas ham tastes. Well, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, excellent. Um, I love how she comes out saying, like, you know, you know, all these meat eaters and, you know, all, all you know, no, sorry, not meat eaters, all these animal activists and all these vegans are really annoying, and they just, they, they, you know, they like to attack you, so I'm going to write an opinion piece I'm going to write two opinion piece articles about how vegans are annoying and how they're always touting their opinions. So I'll just write an article in a newspaper that nobody fucking reads and just talk about how, you know, angry I am about it. You know, it's it's one of these things where I feel like Nicole has no sense of self-awareness. She remembers the dumbest shit in the world, such as when Bacon Week... And ham week, like, you know, she, she's thinking in her mind, being like, oh, it's only uh, 30 days away until it's ham week, so I can annoy the vegans again. She's doing that shit. She's on Sky News talking about, you know, the unions are going to kill Christmas. You know, I know you want proper pay and working conditions, but, you know, if we give you that, then you're going to ruin Christmas. Listen, Nicole, you need to understand that you literally have nothing going on for you in your life, okay? You suck at politics. Your voting record sucks. Everyone knows you're a fraud. So you got to come up with the worst takes in the world. And then when anyone attacks you for those dumb takes, rightly so, you come out and you call them sexist. Do you see how, you know... You literally have no place in politics. Do you understand why people don't want you representing them in Boothby? Because you, you do this dumb shit instead of actually doing your job and helping people. Instead, you're talking about how annoying vegans are. You know, here's another one. 
animal activists are the fun police who want to who want us to who want us to lead a miserable, boring, bacon-free existence. It's like, bitch, you live the most miserable, boring existence in in, in the whole fucking world. In the whole world. You know, you sit there in your spare time, you call everyone a sexist, you say animal activists are boring. I mean, I'm not an animal I'm not an animal activist, so I don't give a shit. But you know, if Nicole Flint is attacking you for having principles in life, wear that shit as a badge of honor. I'm being serious. Because this this fraud, this hack, this actor is here saying you live a miserable, boring life when this bitch does nothing but call everyone a sexist and attacks vegans and makes sure no one should have proper working rights, okay? This bitch does not have principles. She doesn't have anything. She has nothing. She's retiring from politics because she knows that the jig is up. It's over. It's done. Done, all right? And she'll, you know, she'll go on Sky News and, you know, she'll work with Rupert Murdoch and all that. And then once she's getting attacked, she'll be like, oh, I need someone to stand up for me. And then, the, you know, the Australian and the Daily Telegraph and that, you know, dipshit with the shitty glasses on, Chris Morrow, will write pieces about Friendly Geordie saying like, oh, my God, Labor's uh, biggest supporter is a sexist piece of shit. And, you know, they'll come out and say that, but they won't address any of the criticisms and it's like, you know, they, they, they told her, you know, they've been telling Nicole Flint to uh, fuck off from politics. It's like, good. Yeah, we're not wrong. I mean, are we wrong? This chick isn't helping people. She's, in, she's writing news articles about animal activists saying they're boring and miserable. And it's like, at least these activists actually have principles and, and are, you know, actually standing up for something. They're not frauds. They're not hacks, they're not soulless pieces of shit, very much like yourself, Nicole, talking about how, you know, come Christmas time, Santa's gonna run away because people want proper working rights. Yeah, so, great, like, really good takes on veganism. I'm looking at Nicole Flint, see if I can find the segment, I really wanna know. Alright. Here we go. Uh, where are you? Here we go. Here we go. No, oh, that's not the one. I nearly had that. I want this vegan thing. Where is it? We got it, boys. We got it. We got it. We got it. Let's go, baby. Now, I think inevitably someone somewhere is going to start to turn around and say, if your parcel is one hour late for delivery, Scott Morrison's fault, supply chain, all the issues have fallen apart here. But we should actually point out why maybe some of your parcels might be late at the moment. There's a lot of union action at the moment uh, that is currently in place, including uh, unions being, uh, well, threatened to be locked out due to industrial disputes that are happening at packaging places like FedEx. Nicole, I've got a little feeling that this is going to be one of those subjects that once Parliament is done, we're going to obviously have a lot of people waiting for parcels to turn up and people need to understand that union disputation is a huge reason why they ain't coming off the docks and they're not landing on your porch. Yep, that's right, Paul. Very simple message to everyone watching at home. The unions are going to kill Christmas. Well, here's the thing, right? Paul Murray, who is an absolute dickhead, who literally is like a guy who tries to make himself that relatable Aussie who, you know, really cares about rock music on uh, Triple M and, you know, or like to watch the footy on that relatable Aussie. Yeah. Um, so he's a complete fuckwit. Here he is interviewing, not interviewing, but he's having, a, you know, as Dave Rubin would say, uh, a, you know, a discussion of ideas. I'm just talking about ideas here. You know, he's having a discussion with Nicole Flynn, right? So here he is talking to someone who has a voting record which literally says, hey, if you're a worker and you want rights, 
then you can go fuck yourself. You, you know, if you want that, it's not going to happen. I'm going to make sure you don't get that. So clearly he's got this witch on who has some of the worst like fashion choices I've ever seen. I mean, what is that jacket? You know, it's to represent how I like roses, uh, you know, how I like flowers because it represents my soul and how happy I am. Yay. Though, you know, it doesn't translate to a personality because she seems like a miserable cunt. Like she, I mean, no one does my head in more than Nicole Flynn. He's interviewing someone who does everything in her power to make sure unions are destroyed, making sure workers don't have rights, making sure you don't get paid properly on a Sunday, you know, as you deserve, you know? So when Nicole Flint comes into your cafe on a Sunday and, you know, you give her a coffee, which, you know, happens to be an almond latte instead of a soy latte, she's going to berate you for 10 minutes saying, how dare you? You gave me an almond latte instead of a soy latte. I mean, I'm so stressed. You know, where's your manager? I'm going to complain about the manager and I'm going to tweet about it and talk to Paul Murray about it afterwards on Sky News. But, you know, while she's doing that to you, she voted, you know, she voted to make sure that you don't get paid properly for that shit. So you've got to put up with her shit and you're not, you're not even getting the proper compensation for it. That is who he is interviewing. This piece of shit who doesn't care about workers. In fact, not only does she not care about workers, she fights to make sure that workers don't have the proper rights. That is who he is interviewing. That is who, that is who, you know... Nicole, this this is who Paul Murray's interviewing. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a ramble here. Every time I get passionate and emotional and I speed up, I kind of sound like a bit of a moron sometimes. Forgive me. Be nice in the comments. Right. One more thing. Okay. So as you can see here, it says, for anyone who's listening, right, you got Nicole Flynn, right, being interviewed. And below there, this little sub-headline says, Labor divided. Identity politics splits the ALP. And it's like, okay, there's that headline, that sub-headline. Right next to that sub-headline is someone who uses identity politics to wiggle themselves out of criticism. Literally. Anytime you bring the, the, the shit up that I just called her out on, she uses her identity to protect herself. It's like this, this, this person has no soul and she's shocked as to why people want her to leave politics and, you know, now that she has left politics, thank God, you know, she's shocked being like, I can't believe people are celebrating it. It's terrible. And it's like, why do you think? Because you do this horrible shit whilst you're in power and you get called out for it and you use your identity as a defense and you're shocked why people are, you know, giving you shit. Makes no sense. Like, it, it, this is someone who literally, literally has no soul. She, ha she has no morals. She has no ethics. She has no principles. And she'll write opinion pieces in these shitty newspapers about how you know, animal activists suck. It's like, well, okay, say what you want about vegans and animal activists, but at least they have principles. At least they're standing up for something. This fucking fraud, this actor, this hack, does not have principles. Why don't you ask, why don't you know what you should do for, oh shit, why don't you ask for principles for Christmas from Santa, Nicole? You could really do with some. You, do, you know, it would serve you greatly. Anyway, carrying on. Uh, it's a it's a simple concept. It's a simple message. That's exactly what they're going to do. Not only are they going to kill Christmas for you know hundreds, thousands of families around Australia and overseas. Um, my sister just turned forty. We sent her some presents. Actually, we used FedEx to get them over to Germany, where she's been living for a while. We haven't seen her for a couple of years. Um, they're, they're, it's us, people like me, my family, people with relatives overseas, people with relatives around the nation who want their Christmas presents to arrive on time who will be hurt, let alone all the small businesses who are relying on companies like FedEx to get their goods to and from their business and out to their customers. So, All right. This woman's from a party that literally did a massive royal commission into unions, 
trying to be like, yeah, they're corrupt. They, they, they barely found anything. They found like one person and, you know, that was it. Where, you know, they did another Royal Commission into the banks. And with this Royal Commission, they were told where they can look and where they can't look. You know, so I wonder what that tells you. And they, they found, like, you know, when they even were told where to look, they already found terrible shit. And the, you know, consequences that these banks got were just like a little slap on the wrist. Nothing. Sh like, fuck all. Nothing. And here she is being like, yeah, unions suck. Unions are terrible. Unions are going to kill Christmas. The unions are going to kill Christmas. That's my very simple message well, to everyone. Be before you jump down everyone's throat and do your mansplaining thing, see how unfair it is when people say it? You go, hang on, I'm just going to explain myself aggressively here. But anyway, <laughs> CWU National Secretary Michael Caine has accused the company of playing with fire um, because of this situation, all right, and suggesting that there would be chaos ahead of Christmas. So, again, I, I, I can just feel... Once we've moved through two weeks of, oh, some senators won't vote in the upper house, you know, um, and then we start to move to, the Prime Minister was insensitive with whatever was being you know, put in his Christmas card. I have a little feeling that we're going to be talking way too much about the supply chain and not enough about who's actually fiddling with it. So I, I just think we need to inject some facts into this debate. Can what? We, can As we... opposed to what the Transport Workers Union are saying? No, no. We, we, why, why are we blaming the union for the shutdown? So let's. Let, so hold on. Let's let's be clear about what's been said. The union has said they're going to hold a four-hour stoppage, mm -hmm. right? A four-hour stoppage. The company FedEx has now said, well, if you stop for four hours, you're out for two days, right? They've turned a four-hour stoppage into a 48-hour stoppage. To, to then turn around and say, oh. The union's going to destroy Christmas. Well, hang on, they're saying chaos, and they're saying, and they're saying that they're playing with fire. Yeah, That's the union yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Nicole. No, no. The union. They're saying they're playing. With, they're closing their plant down for two so, days. Okay. This is this is the problem, right? These people aren't getting paid properly. They don't have proper job security, right? We're already in a shit economy, and they don't have proper pay. They don't have proper working rights. They don't have proper job security. And here is this Karen who's wearing this shitty jacket saying, yeah, what's wrong with him? Tell him to get over it. I've got parcels to, to deliver my sister in Germany. I'm giving her a candle. And it's like, okay, you have voted for bills that, you know, scrutinize workers' rights and unions. This is why they are on strike because they don't have proper working conditions and proper pay. Right? You, you've caused this. You, you're part of the problem, right? You voted for all this. You've caused this clusterfuck. And now you're like, oh, this, is, this is weird. Why aren't, they, you know, why aren't they doing what I want? It's my sister who's really going to be the victim here. Like, literally, like, I have never seen a politician, even Trump, has more principles than Nicole Flint. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but seriously. Seriously. Makes no... This is just someone who... See, it has like he just says so many incredibly stupid, stupid things. And again, I'm not a political genius, all right. I'm a dunce myself, all right. I say a lot of dumb shit, but this is someone who has no principles, who causes this, who causes this chaos amongst you know. She votes for all this stuff that causes chaos within you know workers' rights, and you know obviously this is a consequence of you know these you know. Uh, vote voting laws that she not voting laws sorry these bills that she has voted for and now she's like shocked that these workers are like well fuck this I'm not gonna no why should I have to do all this if I don't have proper pay and job security why why should I have to do this and then she's like what get over yourself you know Christmas is coming up Santa's coming to town what are you gonna leave all the work to him terrible no principles, nothing, you know. And then when you, but again, if Nicole Flynn ever saw this segment on this podcast, what would she say? You're a sexist. She called me a bitch. It's like, you know what? There are criticisms and insults in life that people deserve and you deserve all the criticisms and insults that come your way because you do all this horrible shit. So don't act like the victim. Okay? Does that make sense? Right? I'm really cracking the shits today, aren't I?
Anyway, so that's, you know, I can't believe she gets upset when Friendly Geordies calls her out and she's like, well, I'm a victim. Why, why is he being mean? It's like, because you're a gronk and you suck. Right. Now, let's go for something a little bit lighter, shall we? Let's go for something a little bit more uplifting. I want to be uplifted. And in fact, what we're going to do right now is we're going to participate in a contest. Uh, and we're going to, this contest will be whether or not I get uplifted and inspired from the United Australia Party. That is the contest. If they win, right, if they happen to uplift me and get me in high spirits, then I'm voting for them. You know? I'm not actually going to vote for them. But if they manage to uplift me and inspire me, then they win. Right? A win. So, let's watch the UAP campaign ads. Right. Craig Kelly. Craig Kelly. Yeah. Let's see what he's... I am leading the United Australia Party at the next federal election. The United Australia Party yeah. will stand candidates for every seat in the House of Representatives and the yeah. Senate. Stop lockdowns from health officers destroying your life and jobs. Protect freedom of speech. Choices for all Australians. Governments must stop bullying Australians. Get the army off the streets and free our citizens. The coalition between Labor and Liberals destroys your rights and freedoms. Liberal and Labor have destroyed our economy. They've made a trillion dollar debt. They've destroyed jobs and families. Stop the lockdowns. Time for a change. Protect and defend your livelihood. Save our businesses and our jobs. Together, we can take our country back. Together, we can achieve a new government. We can never trust Liberals or Labor again. Where's the logo stop? Okay. One minute twelve. Alright, let me give you some advice, United Australia Party. Alright, let me let me help you out here. <clears throat> you do not need a logo shining from 54 seconds to a minute twelve, okay? You don't need to do that, alright? The shiny, glossy effect that you have running for all that time. I'm not impressed. I'm not uplifted. We get it. We know what your name is. You don't need it for that long being like, well, maybe if we just have like the sun, the sun shining over our logo, people will be uplifted and we can take our country back. Right now, they have not won me over, all right? So I don't feel like, you know, fighting for freedom and taking our country back. That's why I'm not, not inspired enough to do it. Fuck you. Right. Now, what is it he said? He said something very interesting to me that I want to bring up. What is it you said? Hold on, what'd you say? You said something very peculiar. It's funny, you're showing all these people running, and it's like, <laughs> I don't see you in that marathon, mate. Oh, I was busy at McDonald's. Right, protect and defend your livelihood. Hmm, interesting you say that. What else? You said that. What else did you say? Oh, wait. So, protect our livelihoods and save our businesses and our jobs. Hmm. Hmm. That's... There's some really interesting points. Now, I think it would be a shame if we looked up something here. Be really bad if we looked up your voting record, Craig. Because I don't know if that exactly you know aligns with what you're saying, Craig Kelly. Now, what did you constantly vote for? Hmm. Right, you you voted for getting rid of Sunday and public holiday penalty rates. Hmm. Huh. You also uh, voted for increasing scrutiny of unions. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. don't know if that's aligning with uh, protecting jobs and businesses. But, uh... Huh. Right. Reducing the corporate tax rate you also voted for. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's really strange because I don't know if that exactly aligns with you saying that I want to protect 
your livelihood, your business, and your work. So essentially what Craig Kelly is saying is that when he comes into the pub on a Sunday to get the $10 schnitzel special, you got to pay $12 if you want a palmy, right? If he comes in on a Sunday to get that palmy, to shove that down his fat gob, then, you know, when he's harassing you, being like, can you make sure you add tomato sauce, garlic sauce, extra chips? Um, can you make sure the um, chicken's crisp as well? He's, 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 he's giving you all these demands with what he wants with his order. When you're doing that shit and he's being that annoying customer, he also wants to make sure you don't get paid properly for that. A real freedom fighter, Craig Kelly. So, so far... Not inspired, you haven't uplifted me. That's a fail. Now, let's move on to the next one. He's got all these, he's got all these little like short 15 second um, clips, which are like really weird. I don't know why. It's like nuclear submarines now for Australia. Let's start wars. Nuclear subs now, not in 10 years. Protect and defend Australia. You can never trust Labor or Liberal again. Join United Australia Party. Authorised by Craig Kelly for the United this Australia the Party, thing, Brisbane. Right? Craig Kelly talks about, you know, for too long, we, you know, Liberal and Labor have done all these terrible things. and The Liberals are in power right now. You can never trust them again. Isn't it funny that he literally left the Liberal Party only like a few months ago? It's like, huh. huh yeah, so you were in that party for that for how long was he? I think it was like 10, 9 years he was in there for. I'm guessing here. I might get that wrong. Uh, I might get that timeline of events wrong. But he was in that party for quite a while. Right? So he's talking about how you can never trust the Liberals again. It's like, well, you were in that party for that long. What were you doing? What were you doing for that long? Hmm? He, he sits there and he goes, like, you know, the decisions I've made are, are terrible. And it's like, yeah, but you were in that party for all those years. Do you know what I'm saying? You were in that party for all those years, making all these choices that had an effect on people's lives, and you made all these decisions, one of them being like you don't want to give you know workers proper you know pay. So why should anyone take what you say seriously? Right? Why should they do that? It's like, you can never trust Liberal, Labor, or the Greens again. You can never do it. I mean, Scott Morrison, I mean, horrible piece of shit, even though I worked with him for nearly 10 years. Um, this is what he voted against. Hmm. Hmm. Creating a federal anti-corruption commission. Huh. Huh. Yeah. You know what's strange about that? If you can't trust liberal labor all the greens don't you want to make sure they're not corrupt making sure we know when they're doing the wrong thing have you considered that you know because if you want to make sure we can trust them we can hold these people to account don't you want to make sure you have exactly that don't you want to make sure you have that no he didn't want that though because he was complicit in these decisions that were affecting people's lives you can never trust him even though I was a part of that team for all those years right so you know not exactly someone who's uplifting me but maybe there's more that I haven't seen yet let's give him let's give him a chance I'm all about giving people chances in life right all right, increasing housing affordability. So, you know, he wants to make sure you, you want a house? You want a house for you and your family? You want a place to stay during the lockdowns? Too fucking bad. I hear the streets are pretty good. You can sleep on a park bench, but you can never trust Liberal, Labor, or the Greens again. Good man. What what what, what a good man that you can trust. Mm. Um, where else are we? Zero for ScoMo, Barnaby and Ambo. Zero emissions, zero jobs and zero future. Thanks for zero, ScoMo, Barnaby and Albo. Join the United Australia Party. 
authorized by. I love this inspirational music where it's like. It's just like you know, it's like it's inspirational music for you to get to fight for your freedom, even though we've made uh, choices in our voting record which literally goes against your freedom, but still you can trust us. Jesus Christ. Jelaine Maxwell has more integrity than these people. Grow the economy. Only the United Australia Party will grow our economy. Bring back integrity to government. Support local regions. Actually provide strong economic leadership. And encourage healthy business confidence. Creating jobs, jobs and more jobs. And only United Australia Party will put a stop to the great Australian sell-off and protect our country for our children's future. Vote one for the United Australia Party. That's it. For the United Australia Party. That's it. As soon as you bring up the children, I'm in. Our children's future matters. I love how all these, like, you know, with recently within politics, like, you know, everyone's always talking about the children. And it's like, you know, you don't give a shit about kids. You don't give a fuck about kids. You never did. I mean, you know, I mean, Clive Palmer definitely doesn't care about kids. He's probably out there, you know, going to brothels every night after he has like 10 quarter pounders. You know, gets money from, you know, Joyner. Man, I mean, you don't, bitch, you don't care about children, you know, your children's future. Here we go. He, this one's Clive Palmer. Maybe, maybe he'll turn things around. Sold out. Liberal, Labor and the Greens have all sold out. You and Australia. Sold out our country, sold out their principles. Time for a change. Join the United Australia Party. Dude, did you notice something here? Look at this. I'm going to play it again. He keeps... Notice how he keeps looking off to camera being like... He's like this. He's like, sold out. Sold out. Yeah, Liberal, Labor and the Greens sold out. Um, yes, they're not good. They've sold us out. What have they sold us out for? I don't know. They've just sold us out. Sold us out. Like, it's like, why do you keep looking off the camera? There's only two reasons. First reason is that you have a gun pointed at your head from Craig Kelly. Or the other one is, is that you're reading lines off a script. I'm probably going to go with both. Craig's like, make sure you fucking say that we sold out. Don't say otherwise. Don't tell them why. Just say that you sold out. Read the lines off the page now. It literally is hilarious. It's like, did you see that thing of like those celebrities being like, I take responsibility. And like half of them were like, I take responsibility for black people and bad jokes that I'll never allow again. It's like, these people are fascinating to me. They're fascinating because they have no principles, yet somehow through them banking on the culture war, they remain super popular. It's fascinating to me. So once again, Clive Palmer can say they've sold out our country. It's like you take money from foreign investors all the time. That's what you do. That is what Clive Palmer does. He takes money from foreign investors and then he gets on here with Craig Kelly pointing a gun at him while, you know, Clive Palmer's reading words off a script being like, sold out, sold out, sold out. Bunch of horseshit. But again, these people are fascinating to me because they've become very popular. They have. You know, it's excellent waking up in the morning getting DMs from Clive Palmer and Craig Kelly, you know? It's great. That girl from Tinder who you want, you, who, you know, you're thinking in your mind, I just hope she messages me. I said, hi, how are you? That's a good pickup line, isn't it? Instead, you're not going to get a message or a reply from her. You're going to get a message from Clive Palmer. Clive Palmer starts sending nudes instead. That's that. If you start doing that shit, people are going to reply to you. You know what I mean? Don't do that shit. That's gross. Don't do that. That's just disgusting. That's disgusting. Anyway... That, I have to say, I am severely disappointed. I wasn't inspired. I'm not uplifted. No matter the, the, the music or the glossy fonts, I'm not soul. So, you know, disgraceful, as you guys say in those ads. You know, disgraceful. 
You tell me that I can't trust liberal labor or the Greens. Mate, I can't trust you. I mean, how can I trust you if you haven't uplifted me? You know what I mean? You haven't uplifted me or anyone else. I'm starting to sound like Nicole Flint every time I say me, 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 me. You know? Disgusting. Anyway, that is all we have for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you have any questions, listen here. If you have any questions on anything in life, anything to do with politics, anything in relationships, anything, 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 I will answer the questions. I want your questions. Send me questions. Please send me questions. I've left my email below. Send me questions. I will answer the questions every time on the podcast. Send them. All right, well, that's all I've got for today. You take care of yourselves. You have fun out there. Um, I'll catch you next week on Monday. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. We had a fun one tonight or today or this evening or this morning, whenever you're listening, who cares? Doesn't matter. Point is that you're here and we're together and that's all I care about. Thank you very much. I'll catch you next time. Stay safe, keep it real and don't let those clowns around town bring you down. All right, see you guys. Au revoir, bitches.